are listening to Young Life Interrupted, a podcast dedicated to 20 to 40-something caregivers. I'm your host, Adrian Glussman, changemaker and professional speaker on the topic of millennial caregiving and a former caregiver to my mom who battled multiple system atrophy. I'm a former corporate gal turned entrepreneur with a passion for filling a huge need I saw during my 10-year care journey that finding your tribe and connecting with them regularly is essential, and that resources exist for caregivers, but not tailored specifically to young ones. I help young caregivers find community and connection to support them through every step of their care journey. Now, I'm ready to share stories, insights, and tips with you here week after week. Caregiving at our age is your unfair advantage. So if you're looking for support, you're in the right place. Let's kickstart today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Young Life Interrupted. So today's episode is going to dive into a topic that I learned about back in 2017 when I was training to become a certified caregiving coach. And that is the concept of the caregiving years, which was developed by a former caregiving mentor, Denise M. Brown, that categorizes caregiving into six stages from when you first worry that a family member needs care to after caregiving ends. I know, and I know you know, that when you begin to care for a family member, you can feel like you've entered almost like a foreign country where you don't speak the language or understand any of the customs. You have absolutely no idea what is going on and unfolding right in front of you or where the heck this journey is going to take you. I know for me, I'm that person that likes to look down the tunnel and be able to see the next stage and the next stage and the next stage and looking down the tunnel and just seeing question mark after question mark after question mark gives me so much anxiety and I imagine that just what we all want more than anything in this journey is just a better understanding of how we can try to navigate the caregiving experience. Obviously, I understand that everyone's experience is different the person that they're caring for, their journey is different. But as we've all kind of come to find out, there are a lot of common themes, a lot of common threads, and just a lot of common connections that can serve us all as it relates to getting a better understanding of where we are and where we're eventually going to go in this journey. So I wanted to break down the six stages of caregiving in this episode to help you feel better about your today while understanding what you may need for your tomorrow. And I also just want to provide a realistic perspective of caregiving because if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I don't sugarcoat anything. It is about giving you the real and the raw reality of what you're going through, whether you want to hear it or not. I think we've all been told, I think there's the saying, it's like tough love, like saying it like it is. And that's exactly what I'm doing for you because I want to give you the real raw reality. There's no point in sugarcoating what this journey is all about. And I'll also show you 
that you will make it through and you will be better for it. I can now say almost two years to the day of my mom's passing, I know I am better for it. So let's go ahead and dive in to these caregiving stages. So stage one is, Denise uses a little phrase called, I may help. And she says that stage one is the stage of the expectant caregiver. Someone that in the near future may help a family member, a loved one, or a friend. So who are you? Who are you as the expectant caregiver? You have a growing concern that within the near future, a family member or friend will need more and more of your assistance and time. You're concerned because of your relative's age, past and present medical condition, and current living condition. So Denise defines this stage's keyword as ask. Ask questions of your carry. And if you're unaware, if you're a newer caregiver, or if you haven't even fallen into this expectant caregiver role, you'll hear the word carry a lot. And to define that, carry is the individual receiving your care. Ask questions of health professionals. Ask questions of lawyers and financial planners. Ask questions of your family members who may be involved in the caregiving role. Your challenge to learn and to understand your carry's needs, and that's health needs, financial needs, legal needs, and emotional needs. Your purpose, you expect to become a caregiver, so this is your time to prepare. You can research options, gather information, and provide the opportunity for your carry to share his or her feelings and values. This is also your time to concentrate on taking care of yourself, keeping up with friends and family, enjoying your hobbies and interests, and pursuing your career goals. So you may be asking, if you are in this expectant caregiver stage, what can you do? And a lot of us, I feel like we don't even necessarily get to be in this stage. I feel like I went from just being my normal late 20-something self to being thrown into caregiving. I almost wish I knew about these caregiving stages and could begin planning as the expectant caregiver after my mom got her initial Parkinson's diagnosis. So for you who might currently be in this role, what can you do? Well, you can consult with a good lawyer familiar with caregiving issues to start finding out about powers of attorney for finances and health, along with living wills. Uh, potentially start the process to ensure your caree has the necessary legal papers in order. Um, you can determine financial situations. I know this is one of the first pieces that I took off of my mom's plate is I started getting a better understanding of her financial status uh, so I could help determine future healthcare choices, uh, figuring out like what is the monthly income from pensions and social security, learning about the stock investments that she had, learning about the bank accounts that she had. I started having meetings with our financial planner with my mom to understand how to ensure that her current investments could last as long as possible. Also figuring out passwords for online accounts and just, it's kind of like a hunting gathering type of situation that I was in, kind of with all that back end admin type work. 
Another thing that you can start doing is investigating community health options, such as what are the home health agencies that are in my area and do they offer quality, affordable home care? Which housing options are available from retirement communities to independent living communities to assisted living communities? You don't necessarily have to go visit them. I mean, now it's like go online, look at their website, request brochures and pamphlets, and if the urge really pushes you to, you can schedule a free tour. In addition, you also really need to start considering your Carrie's current living condition. Will they be able to reside safely in their home if they end up having to use a wheelchair or become bedbound? What changes can you start making today that will prevent future barriers to providing care in the home? Or are the necessary changes an impossibility just based on potentially the diagnosis that your carry has received? If so, what are other options that you have, such as your home, uh, potentially an assisted living facility, a retirement community, a skilled nursing facility? I know in my personal situation, my mom was living in a second floor condo and it was getting to the point with her um, instability due to her initial Parkinson's, uh, along with she was experiencing a lot of instantaneous drops in blood pressure that would cause her to faint. My mom was scared to go down the stairs and I remember I would come home to visit and there would just be bags of tied up trash just lining the wall of the kitchen. And that's because my mom was too scared to be able to go downstairs because she was nervous that something would happen, that she would lose her balance and fall, or that she would have one of these pass out episodes, which really kind of threw me into action to figure out we have to get her out of a second story apartment and we're gonna kind of have to take that next step because it's just not safe for her to live alone. Uh, determine the health, the current healthcare providers. Like get to know who the physicians are and start learning about the different medications your carry is taking. Get organized because before you know it, you're going to be surrounded by paperwork. So get things in order. Um, you can even use like a project management tool like Trello or something different to start helping you organize all the things and. Now I know there have been so many apps that have been developed specifically for caregivers to be able to manage all of the paperwork, the doctor's names, the phone numbers, the medications, all in one place. So that could definitely be a good resource for you as well. Start understanding your carry's routine. Like, when do they get up in the morning? When do they go to bed? Uh, you know, who do they call on a regular basis? Like, who are the friends that they enjoy? Because once you start understanding their routine more, you might start to notice when problems occur that you may need an intervention. Concentrate on the reality of the situation. You know, what is the worst that could happen? What is the best possible outcome? And then determine what are the options available for each of these outcomes. Take time to sort out your own issues. You know, as we all know, it's so easy to overlook these issues when life seems easy. But as a lot of you have experienced and as I went through, caregiving, especially as it intensifies, is going to make your life really freaking hard. It's 
a lot harder if there's a lot of unresolved issues as it relates to the person that you may have to start caring for or potentially other family members. Ask your caree to introduce you to those individuals that they value, such as financial planners, attorneys, physicians, uh, ministers, rabbis, or other important professionals in their life. Begin each day with the knowledge that you have love. Perhaps the toughest battles in caregiving begin with whether or not you are loved and the doubt begins the chase to find love and the running now. You are loved and just know it now so that you can remind yourself later. So those are kind of, in a nutshell, as an expectant caregiver, some things that you can do. Now, let's move into stage two. And the term that Denise gives for stage two is I am beginning to help. So she calls stage two the freshman caregiver when you are starting to help a family member or a friend. So who are you? So the key word she gives to this stage is find. Find services that help. Find a system that keeps you organized. Find support that comforts. Find ways to enjoy your hobbies and interests. Your challenge is to discover solutions that work and to feel comfortable moving on from what doesn't. Your purpose at this second stage. This is your official entry into the caregiving role and some of you may be here and some of you have not quite hit this role but it might be a couple months, it might be a year, it might be multiple years but it is on its way. So this is your time to experiment and get your feet wet to see what works. This stage is really your opportunity to learn how the health industry works with, or in some cases, against you, as I'm sure a lot of you have learned. Now is the time to shape your caregiving personality, if you will. What duties are you comfortable with? What duties make you uncomfortable? How well are you and your carry getting along? What situations would create overwhelming stresses for both of you? This is also a time when you get a feel for the present and future budgets needed to provide the care that your caree requires. As a freshman caregiver, what is it that you can do? So you can learn as much as you can about your caree's illness, disease, or condition to find out what does the future hold for you and your caree. I remember when my mom was initially diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, I became very involved with the Michael J. Fox Foundation, the Parkinson Foundation, and then later in life when she got an alternate diagnosis of multiple system atrophy or MSA, I got largely involved with the multiple system atrophy or MSA coalition, the nonprofit organization for MSA and just immersed myself in learning as much as I could about the disease because I didn't know anything about it. I'd never heard of it. And surprisingly, so many doctors outside of her movement disorder specialists and nurses and just people in general in the medical field had never heard of it. So I felt like I not only needed to educate myself for my knowledge, but also to be able to relay that knowledge to others. Learn how to provide proper care from healthcare professionals 
or from healthcare videos, manuals, or books. So it's inevitable your carry will be hospitalized or potentially receive short-term therapy at a nursing home. So ask the staff to show you proper caregiving techniques, how to properly lift, transfer, bathe. If you can, it would be amazing to actually take your phone and record the therapy sessions so that you can refer to your videos when you're providing the care at home. Or our good old friend Google and YouTube for hands-on care information and tutorials. It's just really difficult to provide care when you're unsure of what you're doing and you'll feel much better when you're confident of your skills. Not to mention not knowing the proper way to do a lot of the hands-on activities that are, in, that are directly involved with caregiving can be detrimental to your caree but also to yourself. I mean a wrong lift like in my case it can pull your back out. Um, a wrong transfer can potentially cause a fall. So do yourself a favor and learn these things. Join a support group online or in your community. I know a lot of you that listen to the podcast are part of my private Facebook group for young caregivers, Young Life Interrupted. If you're not, I encourage you to join if you're seeking support. You can find us on Facebook, Young Life Interrupted. You can also find the link to the group uh, in the page notes, but having that support group, especially other young caregivers who you can lean on and hear their stories and connect with, will truly make all the difference for you. I would say keep your caree's wishes in mind. When appropriate, ask for his or her input and ideas. How do they feel about living at home? What do they fear or dread? I mean, what are their wishes? I feel like I wish I would have asked my mom those questions much earlier because towards the end, her really keen ability to make any of those decisions was pretty much out the door. And I felt like I was making the decisions, of course, in her best interest, but I truly would have loved to know what she would have wanted. I should have said in the very first stage, it would be a great idea to start journaling because now as you progress into stage two, you can reflect on the changes that have happened in your journal. Like, how do you feel now? What are your concerns, your fears? What outcomes are you working towards? What losses have you noticed during this period? And also, Denise recommends starting a journal that you use to detail your caries needs and your caregiving responsibilities. And now it doesn't even have to necessarily be a journal if you don't like to take pen to paper. You can use one of these apps that I talked about. I mean, you can even start a note in your phone and just jot down little things here and there. You're going to want to detail your caries, medical history, medications, hospitalizations, treatments, and changes in, me in excuse me, medical status. And ideally do it in some sort of a search searchable document like a spreadsheet, probably even better putting it in your all-in-one caregiving app or caregiving go-to resource place. And create the habit of holding regular family meetings. If you and your caree share a household with other family members, consider creating rules for the household, like who does what and when and how, um, creating guidelines for fun and when fights happen, 
schedule of meetings and their purpose, and expectations in regard to support, engagement, and participation. There are definitely so many more things that Denise says that you can do in stage two, um, but those are just a top-line overview of some of the things. So let's dive into stage three, and the phrase that Denise uses for stage three is, I am helping. She calls stage three the stage of the entrenched caregiver. This is, I am helping a family or friend. So let's define it. Who are you? Your involvement with your carry is almost daily, if not constant. Your carry may live with you, or your involvement means that your day is structured to be available to your carry. You begin to wonder how much longer you can live this way. Your mood is sometimes upbeat. You're proud when you've been able to provide such wonderful care and make decisions that support your carry's best wishes. Sometimes you feel melancholy. Why you? For me, this wasn't sometimes. It was all the time. And you've been mourning the loss of your carry's abilities and functions and often long for the days before caregiving. And you're just freaking tired. Your key word in this stage is receive. Receive help from anyone who offers. This is a big one. I'm not going to go into it in this episode. I've talked about it in past episodes, but receive help. Receive breaks from caregiving and receive support. So your challenge in this stage is to find the support and the strength to continue. Your purpose? To develop a routine. Create a familiar schedule for both yourself and your carry. A routine will help you deal with the overwhelming stresses and responsibilities that will wear you out. It will provide comfort for you and your carry. This stage may be the most difficult for both of you. The changes you prepared for in stages one and two are now a reality. You have become a lifeline to a family member or friend. In addition to your carry's routine of care, create a routine for yourself. In your routine, try to include time to manage the unexpected that pops up during your day. Perhaps a ritual which begins and ends your day and a healthness activity to nurture your spiritual, emotional, physical, and mental needs. I know for me, every morning I would try to journal, I would try to meditate, and I would get my kind of like healthness activity with actually with my mom, I would always make it a point to get us out and I would push her in her wheelchair around her community and mom would just kind of look around and enjoy and we would talk sometimes or I would just put my earbuds in and I would listen to relaxing music or maybe a podcast. So I felt like I was being able to give myself a little self-care while also providing for mom too. So as an entrenched caregiver, what can you do? Well, you can start by determining your limits in your day and your role. How long can your carey remain at home? What's your comfort level in providing care in your home? For instance, some family caregivers feel uncomfortable providing care when their carey becomes uh, incontinent. And others determine they can provide care at home as long as insurance or Medicare benefits offset some of the home care expenses. Others feel they can provide care as long as their family member will put up up with it. Just as important as understanding your limits in your role is also recognizing your limits during your day. 
So not only what are your limits, but what are your carry's limits? Because understanding that will help schedule your day and organize your help. Limits will change regularly, so be aware of change in tolerance and fatigue. Continue regular breaks. Continue annual weekly breaks, potentially investigating short-term respite care, stays in a community nursing home, or ask any relatives to take over the caregiving role for a week or two, every year or two years. Use your solutions fund. Make deposits and take withdrawals. Use the money for boredom, breaks, and backup plans. Keep up with a support system that reminds you that you are okay. Continue to learn about your caries, illness, or condition. Increase help as your caree declines. Become comfortable with adding more help as more help is needed. You may think, I'm okay keeping the level of help as it is. Unfortunately, keeping the level where your caree was rather than where he or she is, is going to hurt you both. I think we all know this word all too well, and that's called burnout. It's because we think that we can do it the best and we can do it all. And let's be real, we can do it the best. Can we do it all? Sure. Is that sustainable? Absolutely not. I know I went through it and I imagine that you've gone through it multiple times. And I really hope if that's the case, you found some sort of alternate solution to give yourself some breaks. So that's kind of the, the bulk of stage three, the entrenched caregiver. So now we're going to move into stage four, and the phrase Denise uses for stage four is, I am still helping. Stage four, you are the pragmatic caregiver. I am still helping a family or friend. So who are you? You've been through it all. Hospital admissions and discharges, short-term rehab stays in nursing homes, and a vast array of community services. You've been through the healthcare system long enough to know that you know your caries best needs. Because you've overcome so much, you now get it. It could be that you get what letting go means. It could be that you get it's not your responsibility to do it all and to be everything to everyone. It could be that you get the importance of using time wisely. It could be that you get that when someone shows you the first time who they are, you believe them. You've earned the wisdom you now wear. You understand that you are not meant to be superhuman for yourself, for your caree, for your family, and in your career. Because you embrace your humanity. You put the hamster wheel in the closet. You no longer chase perfectionism and instead welcome your best, whatever that may be in any given moment. I know for some this is much harder than others as it was for me. You also understand the importance of a good laugh because if we don't laugh, all we're going to do is cry. Some family members and healthcare professionals may wonder about your ability to find humor in situations that they find odd. You have a very practical, very realistic approach towards your caregiving role, and your sense of humor has been a critical tool for your survival. Without your sense of humor, you would have given up a long time ago. So your key word in this stage of caregiving is welcome. Welcome the joys of your connections with your carry and others. Welcome forgiveness of yourself, of your carry, of other family members and friends. Welcome shared activities, even simple ones like laughing together. Welcome possibilities for your future. Welcome what is and what will be. 
your challenge at this stage to gain a greater understanding of yourself and your carry, your purpose. You've settled into your role and your routine. Now is your opportunity to step back and reflect. The first three stages laid the groundwork for this stage, your period of personal growth. So what are some things that you can do as a pragmatic caregiver in this stage? You can work on finding joy during, during your connections with your carry. Add some fun to your hands-on care by singing songs, telling jokes, and sharing goals and dreams. I, You know, those joy killer jobs that you have to do, like bathing and dressing and incontinence care. I mean, it is not for the weak at heart, but these duties really do bring you and your carry together. I mean, I remember my mom and I used to just make jokes about things and we would just laugh about crazy things that like I could never necessarily tell anybody else unless they'd been a caregiver and... I would always perform little Broadway reviews for my mom while she sat in her wheelchair, or I would sing songs to her, or when we would take our walks together outside, I would talk to the animals. I mean, the craziest, the craziest stuff you could ever imagine, but it kept things lighthearted when times were really tough. Work on forgiving. Resentment toward past wrong and injustices will make your present caregiving role very, very difficult. Let go of what was and concentrate on making what is healthy and productive. I know for me, it wasn't necessarily even working on forgiving. It was really working on letting go of who my mom was and learning to just accept her for where she is and who she is now. And for me, that was such a game changer to stop reflecting on, I want my old mom back. I want my old mom back. I want my new life, my old life back. And just really starting to understand that mom is still here and she's still inside of there. So let's take as much advantage of it as possible. Begin to think about your future. What's your dream? How can you put plans in place to create it? I know for me, I would always say that I always knew that there was going to be a day that my mom wasn't here and I didn't want to be left with nothing. I sometimes stupidly thought it was insane that I started my own online business. A large part was because I could not manage a nine-to-five traditional job while caregiving. And I started an online business that gave me the freedom of being able to work from home. Uh, I also started my caregiving platform, which started out on Instagram as Journeyed Caregiver and eventually uh, became what it is now. And... My mom passed away in August of 2020. Um, and fortunately, like there was definitely a time when I felt lost. There was definitely a time when I didn't know what to do with all of those hours that I would be with my mom. But I can tell you that having purpose in life really helped me feel like I wasn't starting from scratch after coming out of a 10-year care journey. So let's dive into stage five and... The phrase that surrounds this stage is my role is changing. Stage five is the transitioning caregiver. My role is changing. Who are you? You've been caring for a period of time and now can sense the end. 
your keyword, allow. Allow time to mourn and grieve. Allow remembrances to remain. Allow reflections of your experiences. Your challenge, to let go of the fear of the end. To understand that reaching the end isn't about your failure, but about the natural cycle of life. Now, you'll move from the doing of caregiving to focus on the being. You're used to doing and going. It's now time to make being with your caree the priority. During caregiving, you've been in battle, and I know I think we've all probably been through like World Wars 10 through 100, hands down. But most recently, you've been fighting death, hoping to keep death's visit to your carry at bay, and you end the fight because you've won the battle. You've done enough and are enough. You've long worried that a carry's death could somehow be your fault. You can now know that you've given your carry a life for as long as your carry's life could continue. You no longer have to try everything and do whatever is possible. You understand that overdoing now could create more discomfort and pain for your carry. When you end your internal battle, you can be fully present with your carry. Your peaceful presence is your power. Your purpose? To walk with your carry during these last months and weeks, implementing his or her decisions about end-of-life care that you both discussed during stage one or hopefully as soon as you could. You can focus on loving and feeling good about the shared journey. As you both feel the journey end, this is also a time to mourn and grieve. You will also begin to question and worry about life's next chapter. As a transitioning caregiver, what can you do? Well, you can use your best judgment as to when to take breaks. You can know that being with your caree is how you, you do for your caree. You can consider hospice before you think it's time. When your caree speaks of death, you can just continue the conversation instead of stopping it. You can release the fear of the ability to be. You can let others in. You can take a break or you don't have to. That's totally up to you. You can hold hands. If you feel helpless, hold your carry's hand. When others worry about feeling powerless, hold their hand. You're doing something quite amazing when you just sit and hold hands. Allow yourself time to mourn and grieve and create your replacement therapy. Because after caregiving ends, you're left with too much time and you feel like you have too little to do. And I think you might have heard me getting a little bit choked up. Um, I wish I would have really stepped into this stage in my caregiving journey much sooner. If you are at this stage or you've been at this stage, maybe you can relate to the denial. I had extreme denial over the fact that my mom was dying. I did not want her to get a hospital bed. I did not want her to uh, go into hospice, even though her doctor had recommended it months and months and months before her final decline. I, we literally had hospice in place for 
a week and a half before my mom passed away. And I really, really regret not doing that sooner. And I talk about that in a post on my Instagram page about the stigma around hospice. And in a way, I wish I would have stopped fighting. I remember I fought until the very end. I didn't even realize that what was happening was my mom was dying. Maybe I did realize it, but I didn't want to let myself admit it. I mean, I even got to the point where I moved her out of her home into hospice inpatient as my last thread of hope, hoping that maybe if she got an IV of fluid, she would open her eyes. It would invigorate her to learn how to swallow again when part of me just kind of feels like I would have just left her at home in the comfort of her bed in the comfort of her surroundings, but I can't blame myself for that. And I don't really feel like I finally accepted that my role was changing until I went to go see her after she was admitted into hospice inpatient. And that was it. Um, I was not expecting what I saw. And it was at that moment that it hit me that this, this was the end. So given all this, let's step into the sixth and final stage of the caregiving years. My role has ended. Stage six is the Godspeed caregiver. My caregiving has ended. Who are you? Your role as a caregiver ended more than two years ago. You find yourself compelled to make a difference in the lives of other family caregivers. You share information readily with family caregivers in the earlier stages. Perhaps you start a business dedicated to helping family caregivers or find a job in which you assist family caregivers. Maybe you just make a habit to smile at everyone because you know you could be smiling at a family caregiver in need. You treasure each relationship you have in life, recognizing that each day and your good health should never be taken for granted. Your key word is treasure. Treasure your dreams. Treasure your challenges, which led to your opportunities and new skills. Treasure your opportunities to share lessons learned. Treasure memories of your carry. Your challenge? To integrate your former role as a family caregiver into your new life. Your purpose? To implement your lessons learned from your role as a caregiver from your carry and from your family members and friends. During this stage, which can last as long as you wish, even your lifetime, you reap the benefits of your efforts. As a Godspeed caregiver, what can you do? You can follow your dreams by making your goals a reality. Family caregivers will look to you as a mentor and leader. Allow family caregivers in earlier stages the same freedom to stumble and steady themselves that you had. When they ask, share your experiences with those currently in a caregiving experience. When you can, listen to those family caregivers with understanding and empathy. Your ability to hear their experiences without judging those experiences will be an invaluable gift to you. Treasure the memories you have of your carry. Continue to remember your carry regularly through rituals, such as enjoying an ice cream cone in her honor. That's really funny because my mom was obsessed with ice cream. She would never eat anything else, but always ice cream. Or by planting a tree. Reading and reviewing your diary will be a great way to remember. 
I remember that I was journaling a lot when my mom was getting worse and even at the very end, and it took a while to be able to look back on all of that, but um, I truly feel like I am in this stage six. I am the Godspeed caregiver, and I, as a lot of you well know, by starting my Instagram, by starting my private Facebook group, Young Life Interrupted, by starting this podcast, I have felt really pulled towards a purpose and a passion towards helping not only just caregivers, but specifically young caregivers, because our situations are very unique. Even though there are millions of young caregivers, it's hard to believe, right? Millions out there. It's so easy to feel like you are the only one in the situation that you're in. And I remember falling into caregiving and feeling lost and feeling like my life was over and feeling so helpless because nobody my age knew what I was going through. I had amazing friends that I could turn to for support, but there was nobody that I could lean on. There was nobody who could truly empathize what I was going through. So now that my caregiving has ended on August the 26th of this year, 2022, it'll be two years since my mom passed away. It took me a while. I, I had to step back from caregiving, but once I was able to get back into it, it means more than anything to me when one of you reaches out whether it's through the Facebook group or Instagram or my Facebook page and lets me know that you've listened to this podcast or that you've read one of my posts and how it's helped you. Like those comments mean more to me than you'll ever know. Um, They show me that the work that I'm doing is helping you and I promise to continue doing work to help you. I promise, because you need to know that you don't have to go through this alone. Not only me, but I know so many other young caregivers who have started platforms during caregiving, after caregiving, to help support others going through similar journeys. And I hope that the work that I'm doing is really helping to create a space and a platform for young caregivers to be brought to the surface for the understanding that there is such a prevalence of young caregivers and to get our voices heard and our stories told. So I know this episode was a bit longer, but um, I really felt the content in diving into the caregiving years helped to provide some better understanding of where you may be and the road ahead. I really hope it didn't scare you. That's not my intention. But instead, just to open you up to what you can be doing now based on the caregiving stage that you're in to better prepare for down the road. And I just kind of gave you a top line overview of the various tips that Denise includes in each stage of the caregiving years. And I'm actually going to link to her book, The Caregiving Years, on Amazon if you're interested in buying it and really diving in and reading more. There's different tools and resources included in the book. So if you if you enjoyed this episode, and this is not promoted by Denise, I haven't even talked to her in years. Um, if you were motivated by what you heard in this episode, I hope that you'll purchase the book um, or at least kind of take golden nuggets from this episode and start applying them to your unique care, caregiving journey. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Young Life Interrupted. Be sure to subscribe to the show, and while you are there, leave a rating and review. I read each and every one and love hearing from you. And if you're ready to connect with your tribe of fellow young caregivers who can do for you what friends and family just can't and fully get what you're going through, come join us over in the Young Life Interrupted group on Facebook. See you here again next week. Until then, keep finding those silver linings and celebrate the small wins.